Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 12th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am broadcasting from the west of Scotland, very, very far away from the shadow of Vesuvio. But fret not, dear listeners, we have the one, the only Michele Borelli at Napoli tickets on Twitter here, piping in direct from the Città. Michele, how the hell are you? Hello, hello. I'm okay. I'm fine. Season is over. Finally, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. I've been. I've been waiting for this moment for like three months now. It's finally <laughs> over. Well, something that might cheer you up is that we are in the presence of dear friend of the show, Ken Chalfrede. Ken, how the hell are you, man? Hello. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm good. I, I sort of have similar feelings to Michele. I'm happy that the season is over. Maybe not the last three months, but definitely the last month or so. Since we've been really been out of the picture, you know, yeah. I think it's been more frustrating than anything else because, you know, it's 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 like you can see what's going to happen before it happens. In, in a way, you I, everyone knows at this point we've won the last four games in the season, and it's just indicative of, you know, sort of lose the games or don't get the points when we need them. And now the pressure's off and all of a sudden this team is, yep. you know, like sort of like the beginning of the season where, you know, there wasn't really any pressure or expectation and then they perform. So definitely frustrating. I, I stand by my comments made a few weeks ago that we should just play for Michele next season. There should be <laughs> one person in True. the stadium and it will be dear Michele. So Michele, yeah. How is how is Naples today? Let's let's paint a bit of a picture for everyone, everyone listening in different different degrees of temperature and meteorological climes. Today in Naples is quite it's quite warm. I think summer is basically has basically started. And yeah, everyone is planning for it, everyone is booking their vacations. But yeah, yesterday was actually impossible. And uh, yeah, I had a lovely lunch with my girlfriend, and I could actually see some of the Posilipo uh, beaches and uh, yeah, they were they were quite full. A lot of people swimming, a lot of people just uh, in their swimsuits enjoying the day. Yesterday was quite a beautiful day after you... after two p.m. Before two p.m. it was quite cloudy. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit about Posilipo as a as a region because it is quite famous, isn't it? Like how how would you how would you describe its its character? I would describe it as fancy. A little yeah, bit okay. posh, so Posilipo with Chiaia and perhaps Vomero. These are the three neighborhoods where, like, yeah, I would say wealthy people would go live maybe in Napoli. And yeah, it's not a coincidence, obviously, that the majority of our players live in Posilipo. So Koulibaly lives in Posilipo. Koulibaly, who my brother has met yesterday, actually, in Posilipo. No way! Come yeah. on, I need to hear he more was, about this. He was, yeah, he went to a party, like a house party in uh, in Posilipo, and uh, apparently the party was right next to 
Koulibaly's house. So I even know where Koulibaly lives now. And yeah, he took a picture with Koulibaly. He just came back from Spezia. It was in the evening. And uh, yeah, they, yeah, he took a picture with him. Did you see fun, the yeah. video of the guy in Posilipo last week on the beach getting into a fight? I didn't. I, I was too depressing. I, I already know what kind of video that would be. So yeah, I read the headlines and it was... I think I went where, where, where the video was, uh, was recorded yesterday. Were you and looking yeah. for a fight? Did you I was, I was looking ready, ready. to end the guy. I was looking to end fights because when I get involved into fights, they end immediately because I'm too, you know, obviously I'm too menacing and too powerful. So people you don't, are, I mean, people having don't screw seen with you me. Now, having seen you in the flash, um, I, can, yeah. I can testify to that. There yeah, you, you could see how fights would immediately end once Michele enters a room. Yeah, they exactly. just run away. Everyone runs away. Yeah. Well, in fact, in terms of this trio, I've met Michaela in real life. Ken, you've met Michaela in real life. But yeah. you and I, Ken, we're yet to yeah. meet in reality. I know. Anyway. Everyone wants so, to meet me. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. That's> <laughs> That's a good point. But have you have you noticed a difference in the city this week? Because I'm not there, Michaela. Is there a Everyone is is just talking about that. Yeah, everyone has been asking me, "Where is Henry? Where is Henry? Did he already leave?" Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was you could just stay here for a few days, but he'll come back. So, Tell yeah, him I'll, be, I'll be back soon. Maybe I'll, maybe Alberto is still crying that you're not there. Everyone, everyone is, everyone is. Yeah, I can understand that. Right. Anyway, enough of this nonsense. What's number twelve in the Napoli Tombola, Michele? <laughs> yes, let's talk about the serious stuff. Yes. So number 12 in the very serious Napolitan Tombola is The Soldiers e Surdato in Napolitan, I Soldati in Italian. So yeah, unfortunately, it's another week of non-filthy Napolitan Tombola numbers. Very uh, boring. Very boring, number 12. If the soldiers weren't wearing any trousers, they would be rude. But I, I think... They are, aren't they, McKenna? Yeah, they are kind of fighting, I guess. Yeah. Oh god. Anyway, <laughs> there we go. We can promise you more filth um, in the future, in in the off season. Uh, anyway, the and last thing bit of admin before we talk. And so today we're going to be talking, obviously, about the season as a whole. We're going to keep Spezia talk to a minimum because I mean, who cares? Um, McKenna, it was your birthday recently, wasn't it? It was. Yes, it was my birthday a few days ago. So I would like uh, to say happy birthday, Bon Copliano, Ate. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was um, a normal birthday, even though it was my 30th birthday. So yeah, it's a big I, one, the big three. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really feel it. I don't really feel it, but yes. No, you don't feel different. No, 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 no. But yeah, it was it was kind of fun. I, I didn't do any party at all. I just went to a pub nearby, had a nice beer. Or Coca-Cola with friends, and yeah, I had three cakes, you know, the usual. And uh, sorry, yeah. can you say that again? How how many cakes did you have? Okay. I had a normal amount of cakes, so three. three. You had three cakes. Three cakes cake in, for every decade, and it's crazy. Three cakes in <laughs> three cakes in two hours. I think I had three cakes okay. in three hours. Yes. And did you like all of these cakes? All three no, no. There was a strawberry cake which I disliked, and this, that is this, the this reason. Is yes, that is the reason why they. There's a reason why they bought an additional chocolate cake because they knew that yeah they I didn't say anything but they knew they 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 yeah my family be more precise they booked a, 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 a strawberry cake they just 
just bought one then my sister protested they said she said you know but wait don't blame your sister Michele. no don't no no blame. i thank my sister because yeah. yeah she saved me from the trouble of pretending that i like the strawberry cake my <laughs> my family got me <laughs> so if you're but gonna send the cake into in the shadow of vesuvio yeah, double strawberry not... shortcake for Michele. <laughs> no, please, no fruit cakes. No fruit. I'm no learning fr- so much about no it. Not just I, so, in your city. So I have, I do. So believe it or not, <clears throat> I have a birthday cake story with Michele, but it wasn't any of our birthdays. <clears throat> when I when when I visited Naples in October, we were eating dinner at a restaurant, and someone was very obviously having a birthday party right behind us. And then uh, yeah. cake just arrived at our table just like and we all had birthday cake and it was not strawberry. Uh, definitely was not strawberry. No, it wasn't. Yeah, there was, there was a, yeah, there was fun. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they obviously had extra cake. Yeah, I was like, we- I was like, I will not leave this restaurant until a slice of cake comes to my, to my table. Yeah. We didn't I was going to leave table. that part out. Yeah. M- Michele was, you know, <laughs> yelling at the waiter, like, why do they get cake and we don't get cake? We all know that there's one star of this show, Ken. There's ones that we have to we have to make sure we we hit we hit Michele's demands. It's interesting, listeners, isn't it? Do you think if we'd actually won the Scudetto, we would have spent this period of time talking about birthday cakes? I would still be naked in some Napolitan fountain celebrating yeah. with people. So no, definitely I wouldn't be available for a for a podcast this week if we won the and for the next three or four weeks if we won the scudetto so yeah what would be your fountain of choice for naked revelry post scudetto victory uh there are we have uh, there are a few to choose from the obvious one would be the one like the one the traditional fountain where people celebrate napoli wins is the one near piazza plebiscito so See. that one is the one with the yeah with the artichoke basically i think it's called artichoke fountain I was no. there a week ago. Yeah, well, fully less. clothed. Yeah, for yeah, you see, not yeah. definitely not celebrating a scudetto. No, nothing, nothing no. to celebrate. Okay, so, so <laughs> no. what we got? We we had all sorts of plans for you know the, all the other podcasts that you listen to, like Joe's excellent podcast and Raf and Raf. They plan things, and it's you know going to be full of all sorts of really interesting no. seasons. This can't things. be us. This cannot be us. We can't compete with that. So so I sent these detailed notes to Michele and he tore them up in front of my face, threw them back and said, Henry, we don't need this. He actually took the digital notes, printed them out on a piece of paper and then ripped them up. And and then I burned them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And then then he shoved them inside the strawberry cake that he didn't want to eat. Thank God you said strawberry cake, Ken. Right. So (laughs) what we're going to say is we're going to talk about the we're going to talk, I told you there'd be filth listeners. We're going to talk about Spezia very briefly because I watched the game because I'm a true Napoli fan. Did you, <laughs> did you watch the game, Michele? I did not watch the game. Uh, very much to everyone's surprise because yesterday I went to, as I said, I went to have a, so it was obviously it was my birthday on Friday. So my, my girlfriend wanted to uh, take me out to lunch on Sunday and uh, she was very nice. She said, I would like to, because the only, re- the, the restaurant where she wanted to take me only had availability on Sunday at lunch. And she was like, I would like to take you there, but I know that Napoli is playing. So we have to do, we have to do it some, some day, some other day. And I said, this you know. This is true love, Michele. This, this is, is yeah, love. she's very well trained. Yes. So I, I, I told her, uh, you know, like, look, I, I will not 
watch this game. You cannot pay me enough to watch this game. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't want to mock everyone who, who actually watched the game. I just had other plans. And uh, to be honest, as soon as I, would, the, uh, as soon as I read the lineup, I was like, okay, I made the right choice. But yeah, I mean, it was obviously, you know, it felt like a summer friendly in a way. Friendly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe friendly as the main word to describe True. the game. That, that, fair enough. In terms Ken, of stakes, yeah. Ken, did you uh, bother watching this game? I did not. So um, I'm the only one on this bloody pocket. The only person yeah. who's done the homework. Michaela's off romancing. What were you doing instead? Were you snoring in bed? I was sleeping. It was 6.30 in the morning here in the States. That was... Fake. Fake fun. Plastic fun. Yeah. It was very plastic of me. <laughs> Unlike me, of course. Now I've been to the stadium once. I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm basically... Now, now, now Henry is the, uh, the judge and jury of... Uh, Napoli okay. fandom. So, well, I will sum it up quickly. So, it was really good that Gulam was captain. That was cool. Yes, that made me I saw happy. that, and that also made me happy. Yes. Yeah, and like compare that to how Christian Maggio was treated. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. So, well done for all of Spalletti's faults. Um, I think he's handled all this stuff really well. So that made me happy. The goals were quite good. Um, who did we have? Who scored first? Politano, um, Yeah. That was good. And he, as I've said on Twitter, he's obviously been listening to Lobotka in training because it was very similar to Lobotka's Maradona-esque goal. Then Zielinski woke up for the first time in the second half of the season, scored a goal. And he, then actually, was... he actually said after the game, or maybe it was his agent, I don't know if it was him or his agent, but he, I think it was him. I think after the game, he had a press conference and he said like, I was, he wasn't happy with the way he played in the second half of the season yeah. and whole, all this stuff. Yeah, I think he's not been the same since COVID. And then the third goal was a pretty well-worked team goal that Diego Deme scored. Um, but it's a yet another example of, of Napoli performing incredibly well without any pressure. But the big thing, I think, to take away from the game was, was the crowd trouble, um, which we don't know a huge amount about. There was obviously some regional discrimination. Um, Kelly's has changed his Zoom background. Um, Ooh, it's beautiful. Can you just describe what you've done to your Zoom background, Michele, for, for I, I did to my Zoom background uh, the <laughs> same I did to my PC background. So it's just a, a picture of Edo. Edo de Laurentiis was my <laughs> personal hero, smoking on Napoli's bench and just like doing what Edo does. Full but this time. is without his new his new haircut. It's with a slightly no, that's a unfortunately, that's a normal Edo. No, no, uh, no green mask with a 10 on the face, yeah. As he wore, I think he wore the same mask for a year and a half, yeah. In terms of of fighting in in Spezia, I I read so obviously, I didn't watch the videos, I I had some videos sent my way, uh, even from um, uh, a few people who I helped um, get tickets. for the for the away section in so they took yes they recorded some videos directly from the away section um and they sent them to me because i well i held them with the tickets i on i'll be honest i didn't really i didn't really watch the videos i was i get upset when i watch this stuff i didn't really mm. um i don't know i kind of didn't want to get into it yesterday i didn't i, did, I didn't have the right mood to do it but i kind of know what happened so a little bit of background would be that uh, there were some problems when the Spezia fans came to Napoli in December. So they chanted some chants against Maradona, I read. 
Yeah. And uh, yet, they, they obviously, Napoli's Ultras, they didn't like that. So they kind of promised, you know, like next time when we come to Spezia, we will, we will respond accordingly, let's say. Yep. And uh, yeah, so the Ultras uh, weapon of choice is not word, but it's obviously physical violence <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. And, and the Spezia game is one of the few games where both Ultras from, so both Curva A and Curva B Ultras could attend the, the game. So usually that's not the case because you need a, uh, a fan card. When, As we covered on the show. Yeah, to, to travel. Not to all games, but to, I would say, like a good amount of games. Curva A Ultras have that card, Curva B Ultras don't. So at the beginning, it was only for uh, carded, like fan card holders. And then they, for like, perfectly in Italian style, after a week of general sale, they said, uh, you know what, we change our mind. So yeah, whoever... Even people without a card can can actually get a ticket. So, so yesterday there were uh, Curva B and Curva A Ultras at the game. I saw the the banners. I didn't see the game again, but I saw the the Curva A banner and I saw some Curva B flags and banners. So they were both there. And mm-hmm. when them when Curva B Ultras travel, uh, they need to kind of like release their <laughs> tension, let's say, because they usually don't do it. So they usually don't travel. So when they do. Uh, yeah, they kind of want to have fun, I suppose. So okay, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. It's a bit like when you, yeah, people at school, a very very strict school, and then when they're allowed their one, their one disco of the term, they go completely crazy. Although they did get some things off their chest to you last week, Michael, as you talked about last week. But so you think that they were they were like a coiled spring that kind of that kind of explode. Yeah, it's a bit depressing though, isn't it? Watching all it that. Is. It is you because know. they complain about the fact that, and we all complain in in Napoli, especially about the fact that away away games are very restricted. So a, a few like a few times, even if you are not, and, and Ken will know this very well because we were we were in Rome together, and yes. he went to and he went and attended the game like Rome yes. and Napoli, and I couldn't. Yes, I have. I have I, the, I literally could not, card, was but... not allowed to go into the stadium. Yeah, oh, because you were born in in the because area. Because I I live I live in Napoli. So whoever lives yeah. in Napoli in the province or even in the region sometimes, so it's yeah. like three million or five million people, they cannot get an away ticket. They cannot get any ticket for some specific like high risk games. And Roma Napoli was one of them. I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like the. Almost every away game for Napoli gets gets carded one of these games, and it's very difficult a lot of times for Napoli fans to travel. I remember at the beginning of the season this year, it was almost every week. It's like fan card only unless you live in Napoli, then you can't travel, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's then- a shame when this stuff happens because it kind of – it, it plays to the to the bigots who like to introduce these. Me, I can travel sports. because I am a proud Napoli fan card holder. I can go wherever the hell I want. Yeah. And that's ironic because you're probably the most dangerous Napoli fan around Ken. I'm very you, dangerous, yeah. You may sound calm, but underneath those calm waltzes, there's there's a very angry person, right, Ken? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mikel, I can attest. Yeah. I'm very yeah, angry. Yeah. I'm very I'm uh, very scared of this guy, yes. Yeah. But it, just, yeah. the other thing that was quite interesting was how the situation was calmed down and who, who was talking to the fans. And again, Kulabali played a, a major role in that. And so I think that um, that tells quite a big story. You've changed your Zoom again, Michaela, to, to another. 
This is a much better I have, photo. I have many pictures of Edo de Laurentiis on my computer. Many, many pictures of Edo. De I was going to say that, that, that that's fine. I mean, whatever you're into, man. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kink shame you here on, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much into Edo de Laurentiis. Everyone needs to know that. Okay, so this is such an end of term podcast. Like, with, with all the professionalism has gone completely out the window. Not that we had any need to begin with. Okay, so. Spezia, it was all over. But I mean, I think the big thing for us yesterday, obviously wasn't necessarily watching Napoli that were playing very early in the morning. The whole day was really about about the Scudetto race that we that we weren't a part of. And so what I suppose what I'd like to do now is just talk to to both of you. Let's start with Michele about what was it like to watch the footage of Milan lifting the Scudetto. And then I think we'll go in to talk a bit about the season. And that'll be our shambolic season review. So what was it like? Did you see any of it, Michele? And if you uh-uh. did, how did it make you feel? Yeah, unfortunately, I did. I didn't plan accordingly. I, I, I was planning not to watch any of it. But I honestly, I didn't know what time they played. I had, I had no idea at all what was going on. So I, I timed my return home. Unfortunately... Quite badly because when I go, got got back home, Milan was playing their last ten minutes, so they were already three nil up, and uh, yeah, there was I I unfortunately I couldn't I couldn't help but uh, watch the end of the game. It was very no still you know it's as a new I'm I'm not a neutral but from a neutral point of view it's kind of entertaining to see a, a team who hasn't won a scudetto in eleven years and Pioli was never won a. Scudetto, yeah. many of those players as never won a Scudetto and uh, the whole Sassuolo stadium was full of Milan fans, not even one Sassuolo fan inside, so it was kind of peculiar, it was interesting to see but then as soon as obviously the referee uh, blew the final whistle I, I, I wanted to watch the celebrations again because it was curious to me, yeah. I wanted to know what would happen and how they would react, you know, but yeah, as soon as he blew the final whistle, I I didn't last more than ten seconds, and I left. You know, I just, I just, okay, well, I, can't, I, can't, I can't deal with that. I, I, I got very angry, and uh, unfortunately, I couldn't help but think uh, that could, that could have been us. And uh, I tried to avoid thinking about that uh, for the last three months mm. because it was very much true and very much painful. But yesterday, it hit me. Uh, very hard, you know, as soon as Milan started celebrating, it was like too much and I just had to go away and uh, yeah uh, yeah, it's, it's sad it was a and sad so, side so you got angry and then you got sad and so where, where did the anger come from? the anger comes from the fact that it could have been us, the anger comes from the fact that it could have been us and, and De Laurentiis and Spalletti are denying it, they are celebrating this magnificent third place and they're even saying you know like third place is good because it's the it's the podium you know like Spalletti actually said that I think and uh yeah I I uh, I mean okay fine I mean if you look at it on paper obviously obviously if you told me at the beginning of the season would you would you be happy with that third uh third place finish in the league I mean I think all of us would have said yes right Yeah, but yeah. even Milan would have said yes. So when they say, when Spalletti and Delaney said, oh, but we never, we never aimed for the Scudetto, you know, we never did that. Our goal was Champions League and, uh, and we actually did that. So it's been a successful season. 
all right, uh, fine, I can follow that. But mm. Milan's mentality, Milan's goals were the same. Milan's goals were exactly the same. No one believed they could win the Scudetto um, for good reasons, because they are not better than us. And they are not better than Inter, in my opinion, at least in terms of players, mm. right? So, um, again, Milan did it. They are not better than us. So it could have been us. Okay. That's... Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I was on a. Anyway, Ken, how about you? Did you, did you follow? So this is the. F... I, what I'm interested in in this conversation is like, are there differences between Michele, who's there in the Chita in the stadium every week versus us lot further away? How, how did you, like, honestly, how did you feel when you saw Milan lift the Scudetto? No, I think I think I feel pretty similarly to the way Michele feels. You know, I think that obviously you come into the season, you know, I think after last year, we we're just, you know, you miss out on Champions League by what? What do we miss by one point or something like that? And you just think about, OK, if we can get into the top four, we can we can get it together. But then, you know, if you look at our season, you know, we started the season off what with not eight or nine wins in a row. We didn't lose a game in the league until what the middle of November, the end of November. And then even towards the end of the season, you know, we sort of went up and down and up and down, but, you know, we had chances even late. We had that, you know, we, we, we lost to Milan at home, which was a rough loss, but then we won three games in a row and we were right there. And then we had that horrible stretch that took us out of the race. You know, we yeah. lost to Fiorentina at home. We drew to Roma at home. We lost to Empoli on the road after being up to nil. And <clears throat> I think, I think similarly to Michele, that's, you know, you feel like, and maybe I feel this way because it's fresh and it just happened, but I've never really been completely disconnected at the end of a season. Like I have been this season. Like I watched the game last week. I didn't even care to watch this week, mm. but I feel like this is different, even different feeling than the the season that we lost with Saudi. Because, I mean, I feel like at the, in, in that season there was a, a big feeling of like, what else can we do? We have ninety one points. You know, what more could we possibly have done apart you know, from we, that that day in Florence? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously we still slipped up, but it, I mean. I think to expect the team in that season to, to get 96 points or whatever it would have been that we needed was still a really big task. People forget that after we beat Juventus, we still weren't in first place. It wasn't like we, we, we blew first place. We were still behind them. And I think if you look at the way the rest of the season went, I think even if we had won out, we still wouldn't have won the Scudetto. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. But, but this season for me is like, we, this Scudetto seemed like it was, more in our hands to take i feel like Mm. in my i feel like if we don't have that bad three game stretch at least going into the last game tomorrow there's we're all within one or two points of each other and there's a lot more to be played for and you just for for, for the team to come out at the end of the season and say like hey we did it like i think at the end of the year i think I mean, we finished, what, with 77 points last year. We finished with 79 this year. So it wasn't like we took a huge step forward and we just, hey, we just happened to finish third. And, <clears> yeah. but, and there, was that, there was that dreadful tweet from Aurelio De Laurentiis last night. Did you, did you see it? That was like, congratulations to Milan. But we've qualified for the championship. And it's like, yeah, man, just, just congratulate. Stuff, like a, yeah. 
Okay, what what I'm interested in, Mikel, is to like, obviously I was in the city last week and I was in the stadium for the first time. And I mean, it's not particularly original thought to say that you really actually get the intensity of the experience of being a fan when you're actually there. I just want to know, like, what's it like? How exhausting is it that since, what, 2010, 2011, pretty much every year, so we came third, then fifth, and second, and third, and fifth, and second, and third, and second, and second, seventh. Okay, that doesn't count. Fifth doesn't count the third. So it's pretty much a 10-year streak of getting close but not getting there. Like, how exhausting is that for someone that goes to the stadium that's in the city? And is that something which is really fueling the feelings of the city at the moment, would you say? I think... I think context is important. So a second place does not feel necessarily better than a third place sometimes. You know, it's, it's, it's like Ken said, uh, with Sari was, was much, in a way it was worse because obviously we, we were close and we were actually fighting, we were trying, we were, it was, was a beautiful team, a beautiful, um, you know, attempt, I would say. At, at getting that title, and it was against a juggernaut as Juventus, and they were, they came from how many Scudetti in a row? So you know, it's it was that was painful, and it still remains the most painful moment, one of the most painful moments in in my Napoli fan career. I would say that is like Zaza's goal destroyed me and uh, yeah, oh, yeah Higuain, Higuain's goal in Milan against Inter destroyed me I don't I was in Florence for that 3-0 that mm-hmm. doesn't count at all I didn't I, I went there and I was already defeated because after after what I saw the day before Inter Mil- Inter against Juventus and uh, there was our last chance and everyone yeah. everyone who who actually remembers it can agree with that I don't know how so yeah, that was that was painful, but still, you know, like the the last game of this season, we celebrated. We actually yeah. was Navoli Crotone. We went to the stadium. We actually celebrated. We 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 cheered. We 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 supported the team, and we said th- we said thank you to Sarri to all the players. So it wasn't seen as a as a uh, um yes as a missed opportunity, but as Ken said, it was like okay, what what more could have we done? You know, it was. It was impossible to get 90. It's not reasonable to expect a team like us to get 96 points, especially that season, which we had, where we had basically 12 usable players, yeah, including the bench. Yeah, include, no, yeah, but including the bench. We had no bench. We had Diavara, we had Rog, you know, we had, you know, like very useless players in, on the bench. So um, this season, however, is very different. So this season, um, this season is quite painful because, again, there was no juggernaut. There was no team dominating the league. Juventus disappeared. Inter uh, got many, like, fewer points than last season. Milan, I, I would compare Milan to us. So this season, uh, that's, that's why you got the frustration. That's how you got, why you got the protests from the ultras and stuff because... We didn't do, we didn't really fight. You know, we just gave up. That's that's the feeling. That's why the trust got angry. That's why everyone has been disappointed towards the end of the season, including me. Because so it's, be, it is context, right? So let, let's imagine yes. 
that when Napoli are promoted back into Serie A in 2007, that we essentially are a mid-table side for 10 years, that we're a glorified Sassuolo. Sorry to get that thought into your head. And then this is the first season when we actually start to, to compete. Do you think the reaction would have been different? Uh, yes, but again, it's not really fair probably to to draw such a comparison because it's uh, we we competed for the title even with Mazzari, with uh, with Sarri, even with uh, with with no with Ancelotti, not really. But yes, since 2011, 2010, we were there most seasons. Even Indeed, well, that's what I'm saying. It must, it, yeah. it's the f- fatigue of that, isn't it? Yeah, no, but the thing sure. is again, context matters. So. We fought against Juventus, but Milan and Inter weren't there at all. So it was like it was left uh, to us and Roma to compete against Juventus, and we were nowhere near good enough to do that. So it was kind of like we competed because there wasn't any any real competition against Juventus, you know. And uh, again, context matters because if you give me ten seasons like the ninety-one point Sari season. Even if we finish second every year, I don't think you're gonna get much frustration in terms of anger towards the team because you can. The only the only thing you can hope for is you know like we do our best and let's see what happens. Sometimes there is n- nothing we can do at all. Like look at I think it was Liverpool finishing second with yeah. 98, 98 points and stuff. Like yeah, you know sometimes it's not like it's not like some 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 sport you know where you jump. Higher and uh, you win because you don't really compete. You know, like sometimes you have to you have to think about the competition. If 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 Juventus gets one hundred and two points like they did with Conte, well, I mean, yeah, I mean if the they do it, do? Yeah. yeah, I mean if they do it cleanly, without any controversy, then yeah, I mean, good for them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would be the first one to stand up and clap and you know say, okay, congratulations to Juventus. But otherwise, you know, if you have to compete against uh, Juventus. Which gets ninety five points in that way that we know, yeah, that we all know of. So you have to compete against them and the referees and some other like hidden power somewhere. Uh, what can what can you do? You know, like it gets frustrating, yes. But at the end of the day, you know, like this is sport. Like no one in Napoli really believes that we must win because we are nowhere near the biggest team in Italy. We've never been. We are probably never gonna be. Let's be honest. We are not the yeah. biggest city in Italy. We are not the richest city in Italy. In Napoli, we are not used to win, to be honest, in any department because it's, let's be honest, we are kind of like overlooked in the country. You know, I don't want to get too political here, but... Um, you can. We, Plus, you have a, Ju- a Juve fan mayor. We have a Juve fan mayor, but that's the least of our problem. He's actually, <laughs> he's actually been more accommodating to the Laurentiis than the previous allegedly Napoli fan mayor who people mm. speculate he was actually an Inter fan but Oof. anyway anyway um, yeah so you know like as, as long as we compete and as long as De Laurentiis is clear about that you know and he actually tries then uh, I don't think people will really complain you will you're not gonna get protests you're not gonna get that much frustration you know every once in a while I saw, I saw a video from De Laurentiis recently saying something like it was an old video. I don't know why it resurfaced now, but it was a video from the Laurentiis saying, even if I win one, two, or three Scudetti, it's not gonna be. There's not gonna be any good for me. There is not any. Um, 
it's not that great of achievement for me. So it, what he meant was, you know, like it's better to be financially stable and get into Champions League other than risking it all. I mean, it's, I guess it's not a crazy point to make. But yeah, still, just you know, to, you know, Foggia fans, Palermo fans, there's, there's a lot of teams with history that are right there at the bottom of the of the league pyramid. But the, um, yeah, I think, well, let's let's take it back to the beginning of the season. So this is this is sort of now. So you're talking about what what the fans sort of want from the team, and it is a sense of being able to compete. Um, those early unbeaten runs, what was that like then from your perspective as a fan? Like, oh, did, at what point did you really start to believe that something special was happening? So, yeah, this season was very frustrating because we changed our goals, at least and what we believed we could achieve many, many times. So at the beginning of the season, obviously, we came from a very, very disappointing end of 2000. And, oh, and, uh, God, that match yeah, was right? so Yeah, awful. right? So, yeah, that was very painful. And uh, obviously... Everyone agreed that the goal for this season was top top four. I think everyone could agree that that was our yeah. goal. And yeah, so at the beginning of the season, obviously after eight wins in a row, and they were quite, I think most of them were, were quite convincing, to be honest. Oh, yeah. We yeah. played well yeah. and uh, we didn't concede many goals at all. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, yes, you start, you start with the top four goal in mind, but after eight wins in a row, I mean, only an idiot would say, "Oh no, yeah, my goal is still top four. No, come on, yeah." Also, oh, would you say but... that there was a there was a tangible change then after that run? Like a hundred, a hundred percent, hundred. Well, we, not I... in the stadium, not in the stadium, because again, it was the beginning. It was still COVID. There were still COVID restrictions. Uh, good point. Good point. And uh, it was like fifty percent, and then twenty five, and then even five thousand uh, yeah, capacity at one that, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, it was you're very. Sort of uh, feeling... Around the people you spoke to, though, in in the city and stuff. Absolutely, it was everyone. Everyone was like, "Okay, top four, fine." But you know, like apparently, Inter is not as good. Juventus is still bad, and Milan is not threatening. So let's let's see, let's see what we can do. And uh, everyone, I was I was. It's very hard to make me believe, as you know. Yes. But at the beginning of the season, I was like, mm, "Okay, let's let's see where this goes." And uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was surrounded by people and friends. They were like, oh, yeah, it's, it's our year. It's our... Uh... I've got a thought about this, which I'm going to hold because I want to hear what Ken do about. So in that run, that opening season run, what, what were your thoughts sort of after those eight, eight victories? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think, well, it's funny because, well, funny is, a, I mean, we, we conceded something like two goals in the first like 11 games of the season or something insane. Like, I think we conceded like one goal to Juventus, who we beat very early on in the season. And then I can we conceded a goal to like Fiorentina or something like that. Like we started off, I think we we were like twenty goals to two or nineteen goals to two or something absolutely insane. And um, the the first game we dropped points at was the first game I went to uh, when I was in Italy was against Roma. It was a Fuck draw, you, Ken. nil nil. Yep, that's uh, true. I was there. Um, day, we, we had a yeah, we had a very um, that was a game where we had a goal. We started while well, we were sitting amidst a lot of Roma fans, very adjacent to their curva. Um, and Osimen scored, but it was ruled out for offside. Um, and we tried to temper ourselves. 
But then we the, we went and it was 3-0 against Bologna. And then that streak continued. And the first real hiccup we had, I think, was when we lost to Inter. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we, we lost to Inter. And that was at the game that... 3-2. Osimhen broke his face. Um, yeah. Well, I then, mean, can, can I just jump in here? Because actually, for me, I went through quite a, a roller coaster Because I think that Inter game, for me, was like, this is why we can't have good things. Like, this is like, we were playing so well, we were winning everything. And in that game, Osman got hurt. Somebody else got injured in that game as well, I think. We wanna, we, it also started quite a bad run for us, too. Yeah. That was sort of the but, beginning of... But the point is, is that when we built beat Lazio 4-0, yeah. that was the next league game after that. Yeah, That's when I started to believe. Because I thought, well, actually, usually what we do is that it all goes well, and then it goes wrong, and then the wheels come off. And I don't know if you remember that game, but we played so well. It might have been our best performance of the season, in fact. And we did it without Ossiemen. Dries scored twice. Um, well, Dries, had... Dries does as Dries does against, uh, against Lazio, yeah. And then there was a, a fantastic goal from Fabian Zielinski. So, all that, I was, so I, in my head, I was like, no, we can do this. We've got a squad. Like, there's, there's Ossiemen, who's really good. But we've also got, we got, you know, we've got fucking Chiara Mertens who can step in and do this. So, and maybe Spalletti has, has sort of fixed this, um, this mentality problem. And actually, this stuff with with Inter is is nonsense. And then what do we do? We then draw to Sassuolo and we lose to Atalanta. Well, yeah, that, we started like crazy bad run there, where I think we won like one game out of our next like five or six. We drew to Sassuolo. We lost to Atalanta at home. We lost to Empoli at home. Yeah. We, then we beat Milan one nil, and then we lost to Spezia at home, and then we drew to Juventus. Like I think we got like nine points out of the next like nine games or something quite bad. Yeah. We and got, we, we, we did really end up run. missing our, our Victor Ossiman. Um but yeah, no, it was interesting though. That that four nail against Lazio, I thought this is us turning things around, and then it absolutely wasn't. And that's the thing. Uh well, we, Michele, had a, we had a huge sorry, Henry. We 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 had a huge there was a huge area in the middle of the season from like December to like the end of February, even maybe into like mid-March where every week it seemed like one or more of us, us Inter or Milan were dropping points. Like, Oh, Inter lost and Napoli won. And then Milan won and Napoli lost. Like it was a lot of this going back and forth. And for me, that's sort of what ended up building the frustration is like none of these other two teams were really much better than we were. You know, I think if you look, if you look at the base stats on the table, we were joint best defensive record in the league. And I think we were the second or third best team in goals scored, which is crazy because it felt like we weren't, we, you know, it felt like we didn't score a lot of goals this year. But I think Milan, I think Inter and, and Lazio are the team, the only teams that scored more goals than us. Yeah, I think that's that's good. This is good. This is, feels like a season review. Uh, Michele, so like, when did you, your, as you say, you're a difficult man to get believing so you felt something when did those feelings start to go away um i would say um after we lost at home against milan i lost every any hope i had but the problem is that i didn't really hope you know i didn't believe necessarily but i was forced to believe because our competitions was so bad you know like everyone it was 
at one point it felt like a race not to win the scudetto you know yeah, because yeah. inter yeah. inter was losing so many games and milan was losing so many games so it was like okay no you first no you first no you first i genuinely thought juve were going to get back into it i mean yeah, I, that didn't say, yeah i think we were i think we were all nervous about it i think at one point they got to within like four or five points and we were like oh no <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. so that at one point i so we started playing very badly in november and we mostly stayed the same until the end. So yeah. after so many months watching Napoli playing that badly, I was like, okay, this team, you know, that's why I, I didn't believe this year because I, I watched that team lose against Empoli, Spartak Moscow, Spezia, you know, so many games in a row where we lost against Atalanta. We lost three games at home in a row. I don't know when that happened last. That was December the 4th, December the 12th. And December the twenty second. There you go. Excellent. It's not. It's, that is not a good moment. To, no, to, and uh, we I actually really... we, we lost. Uh, we yeah, and we lost away to Inter on the twenty first of November as well. So that's yeah. we lost. Yeah, we we just lost. We lost five games at home this year, and then three in a row. It's crazy. That's, that's just crazy. in the league, and we lost more in Europe. So yeah, 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 so yeah, think... yeah. So so yeah, there was. You know, uh, we didn't improve after that. So I was like, uh, I mean, I didn't believe at all that uh, that a team. Who managed to lose against Spezia and Empoli in 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 a matter of I think in in, in a week, maybe I think it was like eight days um, or something like that, or like two weeks. Ten days, anyway. Yeah, ten days. There you go. Uh, I didn't really that, believe that we could do anything. No, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You remember everything. Yeah, not like yeah. you're watching your yeah. But no, after that. But at one point again, Inter and Milan didn't run away. It's not like they won five or six games in a row. So I was like, okay, if no one wants it, we might as well try. And we played at home like the big, like the first big game. I think it was in in uh, I think it was the fourteenth of February. I think it was at home against Inter, 12. and uh, yeah, and we yeah okay, and we didn't win, and that was disappointing. But at least we didn't lose, if I remember correctly. So it was. It was uh, it was quite uh, you know like it was okay we let's keep trying, but and it was after... a good performance actually. It was, I thought it was all right. It was a solid performance, and the, Spalletti got pelters for this for not going for the jugular. But I remember thinking at the time it's not that season actually. Yeah. So, but after Milan, after Milan, it was for me it was over. It was like okay, we we haven't changed so far, so I'm not, I I doubt we're gonna change in the future, and we didn't. We lost against. Fiorentina, we didn't win against Roma. We, uh, so yeah, it was very disappointing. And then obviously Empoli, Napoli, was which was the last draw. So yeah, I, I, would I feel say... like that that should be like Gonzalo um, Higuain on this podcast. We should just never talk about it ever again. Yes, you know? we should never. But it's, isn't it interesting with all this that, that despite all this, there were two sellouts, right? Like complete uh... sellouts or very near sellouts. I mean. The, the stadium was allowed to get 100% capacity only in in April. Exactly. So, so even then, and that's a lot more than, you know, other things. So I, I don't know. I think it's yeah. it's interesting look, looking back, back at these fixtures. I'd say that we drew against Verona on the 7th of November. And from then, we didn't actually play very well. There were some moments like we picked up again the 4 0 against Lazio a few weeks later, as I was saying before, was a fantastic performance. But apart from that, things started to go wrong. We get some of these issues with long balls up to Ossiman or when Ossiman was injured. 
about not quite understanding what to set up. I think Patania was such a mistake to to keep him and not have somebody better as a backup. And yeah, anyway. But you so, understand that obviously after so many months of us hoping that Napoli could win key games, which they didn't. It's obviously very, very hard to celebrate these four wins in a row, which obviously they come after Empoli, Napoli, and they're, at the end of the day, pointless. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, we finished third ahead of Juventus, but all right, it's important, but we, uh, let's be honest, uh, at the beginning of April, we were hoping for something different. We were fighting for something yeah. different, so... And if you're in the city and it's been 10 years of, of near misses or whatever, to then see the team when everything's gone play so well in those four games it's it's tough to take isn't it i think um it's frustrating yes Very. so right okay then so what what happens now i mean we'll, we'll do lots of previews and all sorts of things but like for you what what michele what's this what's this summer gonna be like with with no football in the city like and also what what is naples like in the summer when there's no football on Uh, boring and quiet. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I mean, everyone now focuses on the... I mean, to be honest, I think we, we this year, the first game is on the 14th of, of August. So they, I think because of the World Cup, probably, yeah. they, start, they start very early. So it's not going to be a very long wait. Uh, some would say, unfortunately, because we, we need a vacation from Napoli as well, not just from, you know... As De Laurenti said, our 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 bosses, our wives, our children. I don't know if you <laughs> if you if you missed that interview, but yeah, that was kind of hilarious that he said, yeah, the Napoli, the average Napoli fan wants to win because he needs to. He's very frustrated by his wife, his children, and his boss. So he he goes to the stadium and he wants to win because of that. Yeah, thank you, Aurelio De Laurentiis. That sounds I mean, like the opposite of your life, Michele. After I mean, your, can, your, can your you Sunday dispute life. that? I think that's I think that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very. Yeah, I'm a frustrated <laughs> Napoli fan. Here I am. And uh, you yeah. hated every bite of your lunch on Sunday. Ab- the, um, absolutely. Yeah. So I think I mean in the summer we haven't got the season on. So no. what? What for you is important? for the people listening about to, to know like what, what haven't we covered that you think is really important that we can, that, that, that we can talk about. What's I the, think, I think the, I mean, for me personally, right now, I'm a little bit worried about the transfer market, not in terms of players coming, but in terms of players leaving, because it's quite, you know, uh, obviously in seniors left. And um, that's, i think we can survive that but still it's uh he's a starter and he's leaving and uh it's makes it's, a lot of chances yeah exactly it may, yeah and uh, yeah it's gonna make it's gonna have an impact that's for sure then uh, mertens who knows what's gonna happen to mertens you know because it's gone quiet they, hasn't it the old yeah yeah exactly yeah and uh, he's gonna i think he's gonna stay but uh, i i i wouldn't be as positive about that anymore it's uh You know, with De Laurentiis, you never know. You never know who, what they talked about. And uh, since last season, De Laurentiis has made it clear that he has to reduce our wage bill um, by a lot. And uh, yeah, after that, obviously, after he said that uh, last season, Manolas left and he was a very high earner in our team. And Insigne left and he was also a high, high earner. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Because honestly, it honestly feels like 
and it's not some kind of like panic mode on, but it honestly feels like a lot of starters can leave right now. You know, if if not for the because the Laurenti said so, it just if you look at their contracts, you know, it just it it, yeah. it it is clear that something at least something has to be done because Fabian is on his last year of contract, uh, yeah. starting June. Uh, Ospina contracts expires, and uh, we have a goalkeeper problem now because obviously his agent said uh, we are free to go wherever we want. That's not something which makes you believe that he's gonna stay. And but we uh, have, but we have, we can, we have Meret. We, we have Marfella. We have my my dear friend Marfella, who who I've, I've met in a pizzeria a few. A few months ago in well, the center. He actually played yesterday, so yeah, yeah, he, my, he yeah. some minutes. Yeah, we were we were I think like eight meters uh apart in the in that pizza place. So we are basically best friends. You've probably now. inspired him yeah, to, to, yeah, to yeah 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 to improve. So, yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll be and, on next week. I mean, I think in terms of the Mercato, I think uh, uh Mo Salad made made a good point on um on Twitter the other day. You know, could this be another 2010 where we brought in you know the majority of the key players of the team over over the next 10 years <clears throat> like this the positive way of looking at it is that there is there's obviously something wrong with the way that the team thinks about things in terms of being a no challenger could this be an opportunity to to bring in some some fresh blood that can kind of change I will, that aspect? I, will, I will also sort of i i have some concerns and i think that um like Michele said with Fabian and, and Mertens uh, for me, I don't know. It feels like the last three or four months, Fabian has been sort of checked out of playing for this team. Anyway, um, he was in and out of the starting lineup. Um, I had a very vivid dream about Fabian Ruiz last he, night. You've just reminded me. Yeah. See, I've, <laughs> I've, I've conjured up your, and he'd signed, we were playing table tennis. We were playing table tennis in a youth hostel <laughs> and he'd signed for Real Madrid. <laughs> And yeah. I said to him, look, I understand. And I gave him a hug. This is a premonition, actually. I'm certain. I had, uh, a, nightmare. Me, I had <laughs> a nightmare about Koulibaly leaving. So that's also not that's a not sign. A, that, that's not a premonition, actually. All right. Okay, good. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that's um, how seriously we take the club, everybody. We dream. But yeah, I think, I, I think Fabian will probably go... But I just, like I said, I feel like he's been in and out of the starting lineup and has not played well the last maybe. Three We've got Labodka. We've got Labodka. What can go wrong? We've got we we have actually officially announced that Angisa. We've you know triggered his clause in his <clears throat> in his loan deal, so he will be with us uh, on a permanent basis. I will um, miss Fabian though. I do think he's we, a talented guy. We have we have announced. Our Georgian savior. Don't ask me how to pronounce his name. I think we've announced, or DDL has talked about him anyway. I think so. Yeah. Our new winger. Um, but Koulibaly's on the market. We can't you're, lose you're Koulibaly. On, you're on the market. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm always on the market, but hey, uh, no one cares. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but Koulibaly leaving, it would be a huge be a blow, disaster. I think that would be a complete disaster. In, yes, in I agree. Opinion. It's clear think, that De Laurentiis said, you know, like, the moment the Laurenti starts to talk about players loving Napoli, the city and the culture, it's over for me. You know, like it's the moment he starts to like it, it's it's something he like it's a game he plays when 
when he wants to pressure players and uh, coaches to basically to stay, you know, it's, I think it's some kind of tactic he plays. Well, he also uh, says he was saying stuff like, like it's up to the player. Yes, I was just going to yeah. say the same thing. Yeah, he says the thing like, it, it, I'm not going to stop anyone if they want to leave. Like, that's sort of the thing he says, right? When a player. No, like, but he, he, the, the problem is he always said something like, oh, you know, like we have, like when they ask him question about players leaving, he said, uh, he doesn't talk about numbers. He says, ah, but we need to know, we need to see if he, he actually loves Napoli, you know, like if he, 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 he mentions this word, Napoletanita. And uh, I find it very funny because that this uh, old r- r- uh, guy with a Roman accent talks about Napoletanita and loving Napoli and having Napoli in their heart. You know, even when, when he talked about Spalletti. What about this guy talking to you with an English accent? Talking yeah, no, I, I don't like that guy, you know that. But <laughs> it's uh, like even last, <laughs> last week he talked about Spalletti. It's the same thing. He said Spalletti needs to love, love Napoli. He doesn't have Napoli in his heart yet. He doesn't. He hasn't bought a, a, a house in Napoli yet, so he doesn't. It, 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 uh, what did he say? He said something like he hasn't uh, adapt, adopted Napoli in in his heart yet. And I find it very funny that he talks about that when he himself, in 15, 16 years, hasn't bought a house in Napoli himself. So. De Laurentiis. Is that true? He doesn't live in Napoli. De, De Laurentiis lives in a hotel in Napoli, and, and it's funny because it's the same hotel where Spalletti stays. Apparently, because Spalletti has said so. Maybe they but, have the same room to save money. Maybe, yeah, that would be very De Laurentiis. Yes, but top, maybe they're playing. Maybe they're playing Scopa together in the. Uh, yeah, no, room. that was only Ancelotti. <laughs> very, very yeah. tranquil. So, okay. And I think if it, the, there's also the possibility of Aussie men, if the Premier League turn up with a big sack of money. True, but you, know, but you know what he said about uh, Aussie men? He said, uh, he, he, said uh, he hasn't played Champions League yet, so we'll see. So what, they, what it means for me, what that means is I'm going to showcase his abilities on, in, on Champions League stage and then we'll get higher, higher offers. <clears throat> yeah, I, so just to... Just to like just to throw a little bit of a of like t- temperance on, onto, I feel like every year for the last five years or six years, you know, e- everyone goes into the market, you know, e- and there's a lot of uncertainty and, you know, everyone's like, Oh, we're going to lose four or five or six or seven starters. Like, you know, everyone's going to come pluck us clean, but you know, I'll remind everyone that we generally do have players who stay for a long time, <clears throat> but you know, a lot of it is going to be, you know, ADL has also been very um, prominently saying, talking about how much money Napoli has lost over the last few years. And that's the part that makes me a little nervous that if we even lose two or three starters, which is pretty much a guarantee, um, you know, how will that money be reinvested? And will we, you know, we need to, hopefully getting the bag from Champions League will, force a little pressure because if we do know one thing about De Laurentiis is that he does not like to be embarrassed on the big stage. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's, 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 well, it's going to be, it's, I, I have conflicting emotions about what, what, what's going to happen this summer. I agree. Cause it could go, it could be an absolute shit show. It could make it be an absolute disaster. We could lose Kulabali. We could lose Ossiman, could lose Fabian and replace them with like, you know, We'll bring Manolas uh, back. Yeah, or, or whatever, you know. So, 
But on the other hand, it, it, we could actually get some people in to change the mentality of the club. I don't know. But let's just thank San Gennaro that we actually did qualify for the Champions League because I'll tell you what, it would be so much worse if we didn't because the finances... Just uh, if, if, if we finished fifth this year it would or sixth or whatever, it would have been... ADL would have been telling every single player... Uh, I don't know if they have the love of Napoli in their heart. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. We would have been fielding the Primavera next season. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and th- don't forget about the fact that um, De Laurentiis has lost his uh, appeal against the, the league. So he basically needs to sell either Bari or Napoli uh, before 2024. Or yeah. earlier if Bari get promoted next season. Exactly. Mm. So that is, you know, I don't, I don't feel like we're talking enough about that. No, no one is. Uh, sometimes people ask questions to Luigi De Laurentiis, now, which is uh, with Barry's president, and they said they ask him, "Will you sell Barry or will you sell Napoli?" Uh, we are sure that you will sell Barry, and he said, uh, "We'll, we'll actually see. You know, who knows?" Because um, to be actually, honest, I mean, yeah. to come in on that, when I was in the stadium, the level of hatred that's directed towards ADL from the ultras. Okay. Like, if I had the choice, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what the, the Bari Ultras, I mean, they're a pretty intense bunch, the Bari Ultras too. I don't know what they make of the ADL dynasty in charge of their club, but it, would, it wouldn't be a straightforward decision for me if I was hearing those chants, whether they're justified or not, um, towards me. He is used to it, let's say. He yeah. knows that. So it that doesn't, that doesn't play any role. I think it I think, actually fuels him and makes him younger every year. Maybe, maybe yeah, probably. I don't. Yeah, I think it only at the end of the day, it's gonna be about um, offers, obviously received. There yeah. is a There are some. I don't. I don't like to talk about rumors, but unless there are rumors about uh, players' uh, nightlife adventures. Of course, that was our, <laughs> our, our aborted items. Also, yes. really. It's a pretty good album by, by Fleetwood Mac. So yeah. yeah, but in terms of rumors when it comes to the transfer market and stuff like that, I don't really believe what I read, what I read, but there are some rumors floating around uh, saying that he's receiving offers and he wants like 700 million euros for Napoli and he received some like a 500, uh, a half a billion offer for Napoli. So it's... Apparently, I mean, again, I don't necessarily believe those. I would, I would like to believe those, yeah. because as you as you know, I I'm not a De Laurentiis lover too much. Mm. But he, uh, he, he is your he is your president, actually. He is not my president. He is he's all of our Cavani's. I'm right. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to bring this debate which i think was interesting and the first of a few and we're going to be around a bit over this i probably might not do it every week on in the shadow of Vesuvia, but we will talk more and i think we've got also a chance to talk more broadly about things like the ultras we can maybe go into some detail about de Laurentiis and why people feel the way that they do um so yeah we've got we've got a chance to really talk about this properly with the right sort of space yeah it's going to be a steamy summer oh. content Love it, steamy summer. Maybe we'll get some something obscene on the on on the tombola. Dreamy, steamy summer of in the shadow. I love it. Can thank God you're here. Um, there we go. Branding sorted. What, uh, Michele, The real reason everyone's tuned in is to is to hear your Neapolitan phrase of the week. Have you have you got something for us? I I had a Neapolitan phrase of the week. Let me. I've... Oh. 
He's put it gone. down somewhere. Let me see. Let me see if my com- if my computer behaves. Okay, there you go. So I selected a phrase of the week about envy Ooh. because that's what I that's what I that's what I felt yesterday when I watched Milan celebrate. That's that was so really true. that was really sad for me. Sad anger, envy, you know, sadness, a lot of a lot of emotions. But yeah, I I I chose this this phrase also because the Napolitan word for envy. It's quite, it's quite peculiar, I would say. I like it because envy in Italian is invidia, but in Napolitan is Maria. Maria. It's Maria. It's, it's hard to say, write, and uh, yeah. So an envious person, invidioso in Italian, in Napolitan would be called Marius. Marius, very, very Napolitan word. I, I very much like it. Yes. <laughs> Medusa, so, like like Medusa, like the Greek person. No, no, Greek no, M- no, Miriuso, Miriuso. Ah. But yeah, it's, it would be pronounced Mariusa. So yes. the phrase is, and uh, it's something. It's kind of like a therapy. So I'm, I selected this phrase because I need to repeat it to myself over and over in the few next few days. With ADL watching you over your shoulder. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully not. But, uh, the the phrase is. A Maria Samagno Marius, which in Italian would be l'invidia rode e consuma l'invidioso, and in English it would be envy consumes the envious. Love it. So uh, I'm very much envious right now, Marius, if you will, but I need to remember that, you know, like I need to basically just... I don't know how to process this season. I'll be honest. I have no idea yet how to process this season. I Yesterday, think the best way is to, is to eat three cakes and just yeah, think. I have already eaten two out of three. So, yes, I'm working on it. Maybe but, if you get frustrated enough, you're going to turn on the strawberry cake. No, I'm going to eat I, it. I, I'm just so sad. I'm so I, I doubt that. No. envious. I just don't care. I, no. I have to tell listeners that right now, Michele is looking very serious and emotional, but behind him is the grinning figure of Aurelia De Laurentiis on his, <laughs> on his Zoom background. This guy, Michele. It's like have... the devil on his shoulder, actually. It's true. Yeah. Telling him I, it's yeah. all going to be okay. Look, he's whispering in his ear. No, it looks like you guys get on at the moment. He's no, actually we, asking, we, re- we really don't. He's actually really asking don't. you if you have the love for Napoli in your heart, right? Now. No, I, I, do, I do, I do, I <laughs> do, I do, I do too much. He doesn't. But he pretends. He pretends he does, but he doesn't. But we we'll talk about that in another episode. The problem for me is how to, there's no stecoleco in Napoli. That that is a big problem. But the <laughs> main problem right now is how to process this season because it's um, like yesterday I chose to ignore anything everything and anything and uh that usually doesn't work for me so i will see you know it's it's a big missed opportunity it's funny for me that every every time i met some like friends after the napolis games in the in the past two or three months like the only the, the first thing we did you know was just like looking at look at each other's eyes and 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 just just kind of like shrug sadly kind of like saying yeah i know I know, yeah, well, yeah, that happened, you know, that after Fiorentina, after Roma, after Empoli, we hugged and said, yeah, well, yeah, that happened. So I don't know how long, how long I can still do it because it's, it's honestly been a painful season, but I checked out in, against, after, after the Milan game yeah. to protect mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. So 
you know, maybe I will change my mind in the next few years or months. But right now I'm kind of tranquil and kind of calm because I, I was, yes, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I got used to, like, I accepted that Napoli wouldn't win because I, honestly, they, they crushed my heart too many times this season. So maybe in, we in need person. the opposite. We need the opposite. We need to lose the first eight games of next season and then Ooh, win the rest be. and then win the Scudetto. Yeah, well, I, if we I lose the first eight games of next season, then we we're not winning. I'm going to say the B, yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know how. Yeah, we we'll see what the market uh, gives us. I'm I'm reasonably worried about that. I'll be honest. Not about new players, but about existing players leaving the important ones, especially Kulibali and uh, Ospina. Say. Yeah. Please stay Kulabali. Please stay Ospina as well. Interesting how much the crowd loved Ospina as well. He was hugely adored actually in the stadium. I think a lot, a lot of people don't realize that at home. The well, do not worry, fair listener, because come rain, come shine, we will remain in the shadow of Vesuvio. Um, and yes, hopefully we'll have some positive things to think about. But yeah, we're probably going to take a week or two. And then we'll come back with a with a special episode. Michele, anything you would like to say before we go? Thank God the season is over. I couldn't deal with that anymore. <laughs> I, I honestly I couldn't do it anymore. After the Milan game, you know, it was like it was always the same routine. I, I watched Napoli disappoint me on Sunday. I stay angry. They sell they start to sell tickets day later, a day later, and I say, uh, yeah, okay, let's go. Let's 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 actually go watch this game too. And it was, it's been very frustrating. It's been very sad. To be honest, um, a lot of people have, have, have given up, you know, in the, especially after the Empoli game. But the, com- the, the consensus in, I mean, among the people I know at least is, you know, same old, same old. It's, you know, we, we always do this. It's, it's, it is a little was. bit, de- yeah, it's a little bit depressing to see. And uh, I would like this to change. You know, I would like, to see a Napoli, Napoli put up a real fight, you know, not fighting for it because no one else is, like Inter Milan this season. I would like mm. to, I would like to see, I would like to see a Sari season in a way, you know, like a season where we actually do our best, and even if we don't win, we can actually be proud of this team and of what we, they accomplished. I cannot say, I'll be, I cannot say I'm, I'm happy about this season. I don't care. Rich. Yeah, I'm happy about Champions League. I'm very happy about going to Champions League again. But it's a big... It's, I think it's going to be remembered in the next few months and years as a one of the biggest uh, missed opportunities uh, in the, uh, of the last decade for us. Hopefully hopefully not. So it means that maybe we want something in the next few, in the next yeah. few years. But uh, I do believe that it's going to be remembered not as a, you know, like De Laurentiis or Spalletti said, you know, the podium... Uh, winning season where we finished third, so we got the what the, yeah, fuck the medal. Yeah, so I don't think people, I don't think anyone in Napoli believes that it's gonna be remembered sadly. I don't think, I don't think anybody does. But I mean, actually, yeah. it's a really good point that this is really. I mean, Spalletti's got a job this summer to turn this into a motivating factor, into a, into a real run at it next next year. Ken, thanks for coming on. Any last thoughts? Uh. No- I don't know. I mean, it was great to be on with you guys. I, I, it's been fun. Um, Always a pleasure. I'm, to have I'm excited uh, for the dreamy, steamy summer of In the Shadow. <laughs> I think we have a lot of. I think we can have a lot of fun over the summer. Um, 
just as we can touch on some more broad topics, we don't have to go over the season as much, especially the last few months. I imagine it's probably been a little bit of a slog, aside from the amazing moment of you going to the stadium. Um, of course. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, when the season ends, it always kind of, to me, even when it's like, I feel similarly to Michaela that it's, you know, this is sort of the, like, feels like one that got away from us a little bit. But I do always feel like a little bit of relief when the season ends, just because I don't have to worry about all oh, next week what's going to happen. Like, you know, I, I I feel very similarly to to the way Michele feels. I feel like I'm glad we're in the Champions League. We needed it, um, but to start the season the way we did and then be in it for as long as we were to just sort of capitulate a little bit um, sort of leaves a very bitter taste in my mouth. So sure. Okay. So we move we move onward, but yeah, you know, it's, it's it hurts a little bit. Okay, thanks, Ken. I mean, for me, I just yeah, I think this whole show has opened up a whole way of looking at this team to me that that is very different to watching at home. Yeah. And I hope the people of Naples and the people in the stadium get a team that they can get behind, just like Michaela said. But I'm very grateful to the hundreds of you that listen to the show. And that has been a real highlight. Thank God we've yeah. got you to get us through this. So um, fantastic. And uh, Michele, do you want to just tell us the, the last Zoom background that you've just changed to behind you now? That is my hero, Gianluca Grava, Gravatar. Gravatar Love for it. the real fans. And uh, yeah, I would like to speak about Gianluca Grava for the rest of the summer until, until, the, <laughs> until, until the league begins again, because that's, that's the, one of the few things that gives me joy when, when it comes to this team, you know, Gianluca Grava, my hero. I'd be so legend. happy to spend the summer talking about him. We're definitely in the right company. Yeah, yeah. I think we could do a special on some of the, the, the people that are perhaps beginning to get out of the collective memory because it has been a little a little while since they were since they were our heroes. Um, all right then. Well, you can find uh, Michele on Twitter at Napoli Tickets. Uh, Ken, what's your tw- Twitter handle again? My Twitter handle is at k underscore c i o f f r e d i. There we go. And I'm at Henry Bell Calcio. This podcast is part of the Far From Vesuvius podcast network, which is at Far From Vesuvius. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. And Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre.